0: Amen and amen. Ushers, if you go ahead and pass those baskets, and you may place connect cards, envelopes there, or if you miss it, uh, you may also place them in the black boxes that are on the rear uh, wall of our sanctuary here. Let me just mention two very, very quick announcements. I want you to get ready, get your minds and hearts ready as soon as you get through eating all that food today and tomorrow uh, because we're getting ready to start doing without food for a while, all right? So some of you are like, what are you talking about? Because the month of January is a time of consecration for us as a church. Together as a church family, we do a lot of fasting and praying. And I know that's, fasting isn't the message you want to hear on Christmas weekend, I know. But that's, <laughs> that will make a big difference in your life. And it's going to make a difference for those that we target our fasting and prayer towards. So 21 days of prayer and fasting begins on January the 9th. And through the 29th, so those three weeks will be dedicated to not just for you individually, but for us connected corporately in in a unison. Uh, We're going to be fasting and I'm going to be giving you a lot of guidance on that a week from tomorrow. That'll be January 1 and that's a good way to start off the new year. We'll be talking about awakening and how God has awakened in the past and how He wants to awaken us today. And I'll be introducing the subjects that we'll be covering during the course of these 21 days. So get your hearts ready. If you say, well, I I don't understand fasting or I'm not sure how to go about it, we've prepared a booklet for you. It's available for you out at the Welcome Center. There's also, um, there is a a scan QR code that you can use. We don't have all the resources on on that page yet, but they will be there within a week. And uh, it'll tell you all of the things. We're going to give you all kinds of resources to help you pray more effectively, help you pray more powerfully, to help you fast more effectively during that time. So pick up one of those if you're unfamiliar with fasting as a practice and as a spiritual discipline, and we'll help you. Also, I'm really excited to tell you that uh, we're rapidly approaching uh, getting more and more people interested in our Holy Land tour that's coming up November of 2023 excited uh, putting together the details of that now. Uh, There are brochures available for you if you're interested. Our network of churches and ministries are sponsoring this uh, Holy Land tour. If you're interested, these brochures are available for you at the Welcome Center. Um, We're we're, uh, right on the verge here in Riverbend Church of having some interest gatherings. So if you just want more information, you're you don't understand uh, what that trip might involve and why it might be beneficial to you, and we'll explain all the details. That'll come later in, in January and in February, and we'll be letting you know about those dates. But I'm excited at the prospects of helping to lead that Holy Land tour. Amen? Well, praise God. It's time for us to uh, get into the Word of God. And as Jesuit has already prayed, I know that the Lord has something for us today. Let me tell you a quick story before we jump into the message. We can go ahead and and bring the slides up. But uh, I'm going to tell you a true story. You know, sometimes not every story I tell is true. (laughs) Y'all know that, right? No, I try to just speak truth. But uh, sometimes if I'm illustrating, I might take a little evangelistic license, you know, and expand. But this this is a very accurate story that happened at our church just a few weeks ago. And it was just blessed my heart. And since we have all of our children, you notice I didn't release children today. We have all of our children's service. I imagine we'll have a whole lot more in the 11 a.m. The kids, y'all, been doing good. They were cooperating on the countdown this morning 10, 9, 8. It's good. good when your kids count down. They can't wait for church to start, right? Amen. So several weeks ago, I got a, a, a text message from one of our parents. And of course, we have a wonderful children's ministry called River Kids. And many of you serve in that, and it brings Jesus, makes him real to them. And this was in the Christmas season, and the, the parent sent me this interesting text message. She said, I thought that you'd appreciate this. Uh, I asked my kids today after church, it's a good practice, by the way, parents. I asked my kids after church, well, what did you learn in River Kids today? What, what was the message? And the kids thought about it for a moment, and uh, one of the kids spoke up, a little eight year old girl, and she spoke up and she said, We learned about Santa's vacation. And the mother thought and said, No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think that you were taught about Santa's vacation. That's not what we would teach in Sunday school, it's not what we'd teach in river kids. Santa's vacation has nothing to do with what you're learning in your class. Oh no, that's what we learned. Santa's vacation. Well, it prompted her to do a little research, check in with some of our teachers and find out, what are y'all teaching my kids? (laughs) And the teacher explained, oh no, we didn't teach about Santa's vacation, we were teaching about sanctification. (laughs) First of all, I was relieved. And secondly, I was concerned that eight-year-olds were trying to learn about sanctification. Anyway, but this morning, I've got good news for you. I'm not going to teach on either one of those this morning. But I do believe that I have a message that will bless your hearts today. We're going to speak to you today uh, on, the, on the title, What's in a Name? What's, what's in a Name? Why are names important? Uh, some of you may remember this. Uh, in 1998... There was an anonymous donor who gave a a fairly significant sum of money to an advertising agency to start a campaign with using billboards in major cities across America. And the campaign was entitled, God Speaks. Some of you may remember that. God Speaks. This was an advertising campaign. The desire of the donor was to reach people who had drifted away from the Lord, who who knew the Lord, who knew Christ, but they drifted away from their faith. The campaign was so well received and people, how so many comments came in to the advertising company that the Outdoor Advertising Association of America some kind of a collective of parts of advertisers and billboard companies across America decided to adopt the campaign as a new PSA, a new public service announcement. And uh, so they expanded it and began to run uh, ads on 10,000 billboards in major cities nationwide. And it was incredibly well received. Most of you aren't old enough to remember that, but I remember it. And I wrote down just a couple of the the sayings. So if you can just picture driving on the middle of a busy thoroughfare, a busy intersection. Uh, I I remember first seeing them, I think, in Houston, Texas, on a trip that I was down there. And I was like, what? And looked up without the billboard. And here's some of the sayings. So one of the billboard sayings would be this, wherever you go, there I am, signed God. Wherever you go, there I am. Another one said, it said, that love thy neighbor thing, I meant that. (laughs) Signed, God. Another one was, keep using my name in vain and I'll make rush hour longer. (laughs) Signed, God. And I didn't write these, all right Another one was, I like this one the best. don't make me come down there. <laughs> Signed God. Well, aren't you glad that we have a God that still speaks? Amen And while uh, those messages are are obviously designed simply to get people's attention, and people who have maybe tried to Forget about God, it put it right in their face. Now these sayings are kind of catchy and designed to make people think. But I've got news for you here this morning. God has actually come down to earth in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ. And it is that which we put our focus during Christmas time. I want you to look at a passage of Scripture this morning that I'm going to use to teach from and share from very briefly and this is an abbreviated service, or at least that was the rumor before I got up here. So anyway, Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. I'll actually start in part of verse 20. And uh, so listen to this. this is, so this is God's preparing us for the arrival of His Son Jesus in the dialogue that an angel had with Joseph. How many of you know this must have been a difficult thing for Joseph in their early days? I mean, this was a shock, right? So beginning in verse 20 of uh, Matthew chapter 1, it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Can everybody say Jesus? Jesus. You are to give him the name Jesus because what? Because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Which means God with us. Now how many of you know that in the Bible, if you know anything at all about the Bible, you know that names mean something. Names were significant, unlike today, where you know we come up you know we go and look through a bunch of books to come up with the most clever name. I think today you know the days in which we live, it's you know forget calling your child John or your daughter, you know, some simple name. No, we got to find, we're trying to find unique names now. We don't want, we're trying to find a name that nobody else has used. Well, in the Bible, it wasn't so important. But what was important was the meaning of the name. So, for example, you had names like Isaiah that meant God is salvation. You had names like Abraham that meant father of many. The name Gideon that meant great Warrior. So those names had significance, and here in Matthew we actually read of two names that were given to the Christ child, to the Son of God that was coming. We know, even if I ask you this morning, we could tell you, we could come up with a whole lot of names that Jesus has that would ascribe things to him, right? He is is the light of the world. He is the prince of peace, and so on and so on. We could go, right? And and yet, Matthew, in this text that prepares us for the arrival of Jesus, we are given two specific names, Emmanuel and Jesus. Those were the two names highlighted here. And in each case, we're actually told why those names are are important. Both names. And they each of them are defined in that passage. So we can learn what those profound meanings are. So I put both of them here, both names on this particular slide to where you could see it in front of you. And then we'll take just a moment and unpack what each mean. The first one, you notice that right there in verse 21, it says, you shall call his name because he will save people from their sins. Then the second one is found in verse 23. It says, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, because it means what? God with us. So in these few verses, we're given two names. Each of them are powerful in terms of their meaning for you and for me. So let's talk about it together. The first one, Jesus has to do with God's forgiveness. It's speaking of his mission. His mission was to what? To provide forgiveness from our sins. The second one, Emmanuel, it has to do with God being with us. The fact that it is his message is to be that he is now with us through his son Jesus. So let's consider these two names and we'll do them in reverse order, all right? So we'll take Emmanuel first and then we'll tell Jesus just for a moment. Emmanuel, we know, in fact, the scripture is specific to tell us what Emmanuel. He gives him the name Emmanuel, not just because the prophet prophesied 700 years before, and he shall be called Emmanuel in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, but it's because of what the name meant. He wasn't named Emmanuel because it had a nice ring to it. It wasn't named Emmanuel because it was easy to spell. He was named Emmanuel because of what Emmanuel meant. Emmanuel means what? God with us. I don't know about you, but that is meaningful to me. You know, the God that we serve is a with us God. He's not a distant God, he is a with us God. He is not a distant deity. Many people view God as majestic, they'll view God as mighty. They believe in the existence of, they don't like to give personal names, but they'll say there is a, a, a greater one, there is a creator, there is a, a force, there's a higher power. We sometimes uh, in studies, we, we actually call those deists. So, deism is a common philosophy which recognizes that there is a higher power. Many of them will even credit him for being a creative power. But they don't want to give him any credit for being involved in our lives. He's a distant being, but he doesn't intervene. He doesn't have anything to do with what's happening in your life or my life. Those are deists. But let me tell you, a deist is not a born-again Christian. Because to be a child of God, to be born again, you've got to believe more than God is just great you got to believe that he is with us, that he has come in the person of Jesus Christ to be with us. He's not just out there in the starry sky watching you from a distance. We've been left here all alone to fend for ourselves. The The Bible says God didn't just create the world and walk away from it. He created the world. He created man and woman for what? For intimacy, for connection, because he wanted you to love him. He wanted to pour out his love on you. And he promises in the Bible some things that clarify this to us. He tells us in John chapter 14, Jesus himself. Emmanuel himself says this to his disciples. He says, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come in a different way. You already know him because he's been living with you. In how? Because Jesus had been with them for three years. And he said, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's all over me. I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit to proclaim liberty to the captives. So you know the Holy Spirit. He's been with you these three years. But get ready, guys because he's getting ready to be in you. He's been with you, Emmanuel. I've come to be Emmanuel, but the spirit that I am bringing and sending, he's going to live on the inside of you. Listen, Emmanuel is an important name for us to grab hold of. Hebrews 13 verse 5 is well known where the Bible tells us God speaks to us, I will never ever leave you. I will never forsake you. And a newer translation says, God says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. That is God's promise to every one of you here this morning is that you can know Emmanuel, God, with us. He didn't do this from a distance. He did it to get up close. He did it to have intimacy with you. We today do not have to fear being alone, or being orphaned, or being abandoned. You may have experienced loss in your life and grief in your life, but I have good news for you today, Emmanuel has come. God with us, and he wants to put his loving arms around you. He wants to do heart surgery for you and to give you a new heart to remake you from the inside out and to place his love, his presence, his power on the inside of you to make you a new person where old has passed away and all will become new. That's what it means to have Emmanuel. To always have God with us. It is good news. There was a second name. The first one was Emmanuel. To teach us what? That God is with us. That his presence is here. That's his message. I'm here to be with you. But also he was told, name him Jesus. Isn't it interesting? Those two names juxtaposed. God is with us, Emmanuel, and you're to name him Jesus. Yeah, you see, the name Jesus was significant. It was significant because of what the name Jesus actually meant. The name Jesus was a common name used during that time. It was a name like today, you might use the name Joshua or John, those are common names. That first name, his actual name would be Jesus. Or or it was a Greek name taken from the Hebrew language, Yesu. Have you heard the word before, Yeshua? okay? So Yeshua is the name where Jesus derived from. So it's actually the same word Yeshua for Joshua in the Old Testament. So when you say Yeshua you're speaking of Jesus but in a Hebrew reference. So the full name actually means, it means, Jehovah saves. Now think about this, so God is making sure that, that uh, Joseph and Mary know, make sure you name him Jesus. Now they could have missed it. They could have thought, yeah, well that's a good name. We, we know a kid over in Nazareth named Jesus. Oh, yeah, we know someone over here named Jesus. No, but God had something more special. He wanted to make sure that they named him Jesus because of what the name meant. Because the name in its original form meant Jehovah, God saves. And let me tell you, the people of God then needed some salvation. They were being oppressed by the Romans They were being more significantly bound up in their own sins. So when Jesus was named, even though it was a common name, the purpose was to convey the message that he came to forgive us of our sins. In fact, it's simply declared right there. He was named Jesus, naming him baby Jesus. God was trying to say that he would save people through him. He wanted everybody to know that the mission of Jesus was to save people from their sins. As Savior, that Jesus would come, set people free, release them from the power of sin in their life. And that message is a powerful one. The name Jesus, whenever you use it, don't forget what it signified is forgiveness for you and for you and for you and for everyone who will call out in faith to that name Jesus when you're in the midst of a crisis just call out Jesus When you're in the midst of feeling like sin has caved in on top of you once again simply call out Jesus When you feel captivated by an addiction simply call out for help Jesus because it means forgiveness and freedom Can you see both names? So significant for us. One was Jesus. That was his message. That was his significance. It was the the intention of Jesus to forgive us. Emmanuel. God with us. A comforting message. One name brings comfort. One name brings conviction. Both. So significant for us. If you're here today and you feel alone, I've got good news for you. Jesus is with you, and he will forbear with you, and he will hang on to you. If you feel lost, remember, Jesus is the one who forgives. He hung on the cross for you. And so often at Christmas time, we focus on the cradle, but we forget that the cradle is nothing without the cross. That the cross and the cradle are connected. And when we're in the cradle, when we look at that cradle, we ought to see Emmanuel, God is with us. But it ought to also remind us of the cross. That we see that not only is he with us, but he's also for us. Let me leave you with this application. Jesus is with you, wants to be for you. But you have to respond in faith. When Jesus crossed... The Sea of Galilee, as you remember, he got into the boat to cross the sea, his disciples with him, and a storm rose up. And the storm was dangerous. The disciples were freaking out. But you know what they forgot? They forgot who was in the boat. I've learned that the key to dealing with difficulties and adversity in life is just remember who's in your boat. So I ask you this morning, is Jesus Emmanuel? Is he in your life? Is he in your boat? If he is, you can face any storm. You can face any adversity. He will be with you and he will be in you. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you if you are a believer, but you feel that you need to be reminded today of that comfort of God being with you. You just need to remember, maybe you feel like you're in the boat and you're freaking out. You need to be reminded, I want to encourage you. Let me pray with you. If you're this morning and maybe you are one of those who's drifted from your faith and you need to be reminded that He is more than just some distant God. He wants to be near us through His Son, Jesus, in relationship and in fellowship. So I'm going to ask that you would stand to your feet. And I'm going to assume right now that all of us need prayer. That's not a, that shouldn't be a dangerous assumption. If you say, I don't want anything to do with it, then you just go ahead and stay seated. That's fine. But I think we all need prayer. I think we all need to embrace Emmanuel deeper. I think we all need to, to be reminded that Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. That's what we celebrate today and tomorrow. Father, I pray for every single person in this room. And I pray, Lord, that we are reminded deeply today of what it means to celebrate at the cradle, remembering that you were born, but that not only in the cradle, but that the cradle was to lead to the cross. And today, Lord, we honor you in this time together, and we celebrate you, and we invite you, Lord. Forgive us for treating you as a distant Although majestic, but distant, God. And we choose today to invite you to come near us in the form of Emmanuel, Jesus. And we receive you in our lives, in our hearts. If you've not been sitting on the throne of our life today, I lead this congregation in a decision to make you Lord. Lord to make you king, to make you ruler of our lives. Not only forgive us of our sins, but give us a new way to live. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus.